0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: What does it mean to be black in America? An NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast.
2: I mean, it truly sounds like they are your children, and I don't mean that to compare a child to an animal or vice versa, yeah. but I mean the love, the fulfillment, the energy, and the joy that you put into them is akin to what how, you know, you parent a child. Yeah, yeah. So, it's pretty inspiring katie i gotta tell you i'm i'm like <laughs> i'm super impressed and i'm super i'm gonna be hitting you up for tips because my dogs are still like very rogue and wild much like my children <laughs> who are also very untrained <laughs> well i'll call so, you for the children tips because maybe you yeah. could just come over and train all of us yeah. you know? <laughs> nice.
1: everyone's got their thing. Hello, everyone. How are you? I wish you could respond, but you can't. You're just listening to me. Only I can respond, David. (laughs) You can respond. I can respond.
2: Yes, I'm good. Thank you. And I'll speak for the entire world and say we are all happy Uh, it's Thursday again.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. If anyone could speak for the planet, Claire Kramer.
2: I I am planet, you know, proxy, speaker proxy.
1: Claire, I am good because uh, today also uh, dropped a new Noel Gallagher's and his High Flying Bird song, which is one of the gentlemen from the band Oasis who left uh, in a wonderful way to leave a band. And he started his own band and a new song came out. So as I'm a huge Oasis fan. This continues my listening to Oasis every day in some form. And I like it. It made me happy. So I'm in a good mood. I, I like it. I'm going to
2: have to look up that song and listen to it. But when you said High Flying Bird, all I could think about was there was a story recently that came out about 90 birds stuck in a chimney. (laughs) That is literally the picture that was painted in my mind when you said the name of the song. So this is a new, wait,
1: this, what is this 90 birds stuck in a chimney? That that
2: is not a song. It is an actual fact. There were 90 of these little sparrows stuck in a chimney. They had to call the fire department to come release these birds and initially, like opening the top of the chimney didn't work. So they ended up having to like sort of, I don't want to use the term air blast because I'm sure it was much gentler than that, but air blast them out from the base of the chimney up and they oh my god <laughs> they left. So there you go. So n- the next name of his next song, you should tweet him is 90 birds in a chimney.
1: 90 birds in a chimney. Well, this is what happens when you try to go after Santa Claus. Right. You just got to let Santa do his thing. Uh, speaking of doing his thing or her thing, rather. Miss Katie Sackhoff today is our guest, and she was wonderful. She had the force of 90 birds in a chimney in one podcast episode. She, <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> She's such a great girl. I, I I love Katie. Um, Of course, everybody knows her as Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica, originally a man's yes. role in the revival played by Katie. Um, She has done a ton of stuff, but that was kind of Longmire, like- a, Longmire. Longmire. love that. The Mandalorian.
1: On, oh, the Mandalorian. Gotta, yes. gotta love that. But. Uh, You know
2: what I love about her is she is in a lot of ways the exact opposite of me. as an artist, because I'm like, hey, take me as I am. I'll transform myself through wardrobe, hair, makeup, whatever. She's like, hey, don't take me as I am. I'll go on a strict diet and eat only carrots and chicken for like however long it takes so that I look like the badass you were casting me as. And I have a lot of respect for that. She's a YouTube channel, actually, where she kind of like chronicles, her dietary and fitness regimes. And it's quite impressive. Oh. I, I definitely well, she, encourage you to check it out, David.
1: I will. I want to learn how to just eat carrots and be a badass because she is a badass. Like that's her. That literally is like her essence. Like she's cast as a badass. She's, it's as simple as that because she is a badass. And, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. That is not my essence. And I very much appreciate looking at someone who is. I am whatever the antithesis of a badass is. Um. A uh, weak puss? I don't know. But I, <laughs> I know. that is what now I am. Now you're
2: naming another song. I don't know about that. But, you know, <laughs> it's not just... she. Her characters tend to be the strong, like, very opinionated, direct, badass characters. But as a person, I think her self-discipline speaks to her badassery, if you want to, yeah. you know, use that word. But she's she's incredibly sweet and down-to-earth and very genuine and actually extremely funny. So... I don't know. She's just, she's an awesome person.
1: And she loves dogs. She loves dogs. So get get ready to listen <laughs> right now. Katie, thanks for being with us here today. And thanks for talking with us about everything that people don't know you for, which is your love for dogs.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes, of course you know Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, she has an amazing YouTube channel, but we're not talking about any of that
0: today. We are talking about your furry little friends. You have three, right, Katie? I do have three right now, right now. We're always looking for another rescue or rather they're looking for us. So you never know.
1: And they're specifically with you right now. Can you please let everyone oh, know God. what like, we're experiencing along I'm with you not right now? I'm
0: kidding. They're all... There's my chihuahua.
1: They're all on her bed oh, right now. With her. There's
0: my pug.
1: What are their names? The so, chihuahua's name is... This
0: is Nellie Bean. She's 14.
1: Nellie Bean that the pug. That
0: is Vargas. He's seven.
1: Vargas and chihuahua. And this
0: little cute butt right there is Happy. <gasps> happy. Yeah, no. Oh, no, my it's God.
1: It's Happy is happily sleeping.
2: I know. You said something really interesting just now. You said, you know, we're
0: always looking or rather they're looking for us. So tell me about that statement. So I truly believe that rescues find you and happy quite literally. So the Chihuahua was thrown out of a car in front of me when I was filming in New Mexico and we kept him. He was about three weeks old when when we got him and then happy followed one of my neighbors home in the neighborhood and I just happened to, I'm not one to like walk by someone who looks like they're really freaking out and being like, can I help you? But this woman was like really upset. And I was like, are you, I'm so sorry, but are you okay? And she just started like, you know, verbally threw up and told me that like, you know, she, this dog had followed her home and she was leaving for a business trip in Chicago and didn't know what to do with this dog and she didn't know what to do. And so I just said, listen, I live at this address. If you can get the dog to follow you, just drop him off at my house. I'll handle it. And like five minutes later, she knocked on my door. And that was happy. And we tried to find the owner. We took him to the pound. and uh, Nobody came forward. And so we kept him.
1: Oh, my Wait, gosh. Which,
0: which dog was the one that got thrown that, at your car? That Can was you go back Vargas. To that? So this but, is my little chihuahua. And he's like yeah. a really big chihuahua. But he, when I was filming in New Mexico, my... X and I were driving through like a shopping center and it, it's called the De Vargas shopping center, which is how he got his name Vargas. But <laughs> there was a guy in front of us holding little, the little puppy outside the window and shaking him. And then he was oh. like dropping him in one hand and catching him with the other, like it, driving around the parking lot. And he stopped and he put the dog on the ground and picked it up. And I was like, what is going on here? And at the same time, I heard him trying to sell the dog. And I was just like, I'd I'd had two margaritas. And I was like, oh, no, no. (laughs) Like ran up to the car. And I was like, you know, grabbed the dog from him. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I need gas money. And I was like, well, no, no, not today. And just like walked away. So Yeah. So he was like, the guy was like chucking him out and like, he was just trying to get rid of puppies and he had no more. I looked in the car, but you know, yeah. You you
1: drunk rescued a dog. I did. I I did. He's lucky
0: I didn't name him Tequila. (laughs) (laughs) And, and the third dog, how let's hear the origin story of the third dog. Nellie bean is my only dog that I've ever gotten at a pet store. When I was in Vancouver, I was early for an appointment over in Kitsilano here and there was a pet store. And I just to, to, you know, waste some time, walked in and figured I'd play with whatever dog was the first in line. And this little pug was like sitting by herself, not with all the other dogs. And I was very confused. And they said, well, she's not, she's not part of this litter. And so, you know, whatever. But I was like, well, I'll play with her. And I picked her up and I shit you not. She was sitting on a picture of my face. Oh, they were using newspapers. A magazine pad, or, yeah. And they, there was a picture of my face under her ass and I just picked the lady handed me the dog and like just this look of complete shock and like it just resolve was like I'll take her like I didn't even <laughs> say anything I just was like I'll take her and I went back and they had saved me the article and everything because and so that's why she's named Nell Bickford is or Nellie B is that the picture was of a character I played ne- named Nell Bickford so Yeah,
1: she she really chose you.
0: She really did find me or my mom. I said, Mom, it's a sign. And my mom said, yeah, that she's going to shit on you her entire life. (laughs) I'm like, well, touche. It took like four years to potty train her. She's a complete brat. But she is my only technical non-rescue. So so. did you
2: grow up with dogs? I did. Did you always have dogs? No. No. So, we, so this is like something you found in it, your life. Yes.
0: So my parents had this dog when they first got married named Rags. And supposedly the story goes that Rags got out the gate and right in front of them was hit by a car. And it was horrible. Like he was, it was it, from the way they describe it, it was very traumatic. And so we were never allowed to have dogs ever growing up. My no dogs. We had cats. We named cats Spot. We constantly tried to name cats after dogs. And as soon as I moved to Los Angeles, about, I don't know, six months later, I adopted my first rescue, Meatball, and I had him till he was like 19. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I just kept getting more. (laughs) What's the most dogs you've ever had at one time? Three. Oh, thank God. Yeah, three. Three. But that's not your limit. That's just, it just has worked out that way. Or is it your limit? So it used to be that three was the limit because that's all you could technically fly with. So back in the day, you used to be able to buy a row. And I'm talking like five years ago, like not that long ago. You could buy an entire row and put dogs under every seat in front of you as long as they were in bags. And so three was the limit that I could fly with. And so now that I have Robin, we could get one more. (laughs) Technically. (laughs) Or wait, could you get could you get three more? Can you still do the row thing? I don't know. I mean, technically, no, but there's always loopholes. You just need a really smart travel agent and you can find loopholes. As long as one of them is an emotional support dog, you can have another one. So you just need a note from your doctor saying that you're crazy and that you need an emotional support dog, which mine's more than willing to write.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Meatball was your first dog as an adult, right? Yes. You were like out of the house and yes. you had meatball. Were you a little nervous when you first found meatball? Like, oh my gosh, because you had that feeling of the your family and they didn't want a dog and they were scared. Did you have that trepidation no. or were you're like, no, I'm my own person. Here I go.
0: You know, I made so many massive life decisions at such a young age that I, I had the blissful ignorance of youth and I never realized I should be scared of all the things that I attempted to do because I was so young and stupid but I just did them and was like well of course I'm gonna do this why wouldn't I and so I remember getting meatball and lying to the rescue because they didn't want to get he was gonna be put down that day like legit was like if you're not here by five o'clock the dog is getting put down and I had to prove to them that I'd had a dog before which I did not I'd like stopped at Petco on the way there to like buy all this stuff that I'd had a dog and I I told them that I was leaving to go shoot a show in New York. And they were like, well, then you can't have him. Like, you have to stay in California. You're not stable. You're only 19. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, you would rather kill this dog than give him to somebody that wants him and can take care of him. I, I don't understand. So I lied completely. And I think I was on a plane like three weeks later to New York. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> And he peed in my car right when I got him. So how did you come up with the name Meatball? So I was dating this guy at the time. Like, I think we'd only dated like for a month or two. But he used to call people Meatballs when like they did something. Instead, of like swear at them, he would call them a Meatball. And when Meatball peed in my car, I called him a Meatball. And that was his name. So and then you were like, oh, that's a good name. It was a good <laughs> name. Yeah, it was a good name. His original name was Charlie. And I thought that he needed a fresh start. So I, I agree. They were about to kill Charlie. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, rename him. He was on, yeah, he was on death
2: row.
1: So, Katie, why do you love dogs?
0: I don't, you know, for so many reasons. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think part of it is that I love the companionship. You know, I travel for work. I have done my entire life. And I don't think that I've ever gone anywhere without my dogs unless I actually couldn't take them to location or something, but they've always been with me. They've been with me for, for everything in my life. You know, when I got meatball, there was a moment in my life where I got a little too involved in the party scene when I was about 21 and, and he, meatball was heavily abused when I first got him. And I remember I was kid. I was like 20, 21. I'd stayed out all night long in New York doing a lot of unsavory things And I came home and this little dog was like sitting in his own urine and wouldn't let me go near him. And I promised myself in that moment that I would never do anything ever again to hurt him or to make him feel abandoned or unloved. And that was the switch for me, but it got me out of all the trouble I could have ever gotten in and the, the, the business with the drugs and the alcohol. And because I always went home, I had something at that point to go home to, to be responsible for. And so I, I avoided a lot of the traps that people that have started in this business very young fall into, and it was all because of him. So I think that's what started my love of it. And then, you know, I got Nellie Bean because, well, obviously I got her unintentionally, but, you know, I realized that he needed a companion. So I was sort of looking for him. And so I don't know, I just keep, they bring so much love to my life that I can't imagine not having a dog. I just, I honestly can't imagine not being responsible for something else. So. That's beautiful.
1: Cause so you've been able to love them and they give you that. That's the thing about dog owners that I think is so beautiful because I'm a cat guy. Forgive yeah. me, please. But <laughs> it's that someone was once telling me like, I'm like, I love my cats. You're like, yeah, but the feeling you get when you walk at, into a room at home and they come up to you, the dog and lick you and mm-hmm. love on you. Like, that unconditional love is like God's work. So I mean, I, I, I get that. I mean, I I still don't have a dog, but I get it and I feel it. So that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it really is. I, I keep saying that I don't understand how people in quarantine don't, didn't have animals because that was the thing that kept me going. You know, just like every day, you have someone that loves on you regardless of what your day was like. And, and I truly do believe that, that, It takes the focus off of you. And and the same can be said for children or a spouse or, you know, a friend that you feel responsible, whatever it is. When I first had Meatball, I lived in New York during 9-11 and I I really had a hard time flying after that. And so I I legitimately did have a letter to fly with him as as an emotional support dog. And I cannot tell you that when there's turbulence and you feel scared, if you feel like you're trying to calm something else so they're not scared your fear goes away completely. And and so I guess there is a part of me that like that's selfish to travel with my dogs So they provide support for me. But at the same time, there is so much emotional support you get from dogs in so many different situations.
2: Does Happy go under the seat of the plane? <laughs> Happy looks big. <laughs>
0: Actually, they're all really little. Nellie Bean is the biggest one. She's 22 pounds. So technically, she's a little too heavy to fly, but you can't tell her that. So but (laughs) happy is our, our only one that's got like really bad separation anxiety. So he doesn't like being in the bag. And so he will, he will legit cry the whole flight. So we sort of, we make sure he's close to us at all times because he, he can annoy people on the plane.
2: Okay. So going through an airport with three dogs, are there, you know, Strollers, dog strollers, doggy (laughs) carriers, doggy bags—like, are they on the leash? How do you do it? Because I feel like I've seen a lot at the airports. I think the stroller is underused in that situation. Oh, the the stroller stroller is completely
0: underused. I just pulled that thing out when we were on vacation on the the drive up here. But so to get through the airport, I have these bags completely, like you know, there's no brand. You just get them on Amazon, and I don't even know what they are, but they're this amazing backpack that opens up and becomes like a file out the front, how it folds open and it's all uh-huh. mesh, but they're just like a little backpack and we take them, they jump in their backpacks. They love it going in there. And you know, if I've got to travel with three at the same time, I put a backpack on the front, like a baby caboose or like whatever they're called, a uh, papoose or whatever, one on the yeah. back. And then I hold Nellie Bean in her bag, but she's so she's so chubby that I have a wheeler for (laughs) she's like, it'll throw your shoulder out. Like she's very happy, but it's a lot. It's a lot like, and they make you walk through security, holding all of them. So if you travel with three dogs, you have to walk through holding all three of them. And I remember at one point, like meatball, meatball didn't like Vargas and you had to, I had to walk through holding one here and then one here and then another one in between them because these two would fight if they were that close together. And people must have thought that I was a freaking <laughs> lunatic. Like they I had mean, to. I mean, I know I've traveled with you
2: with one of your dogs. Of I do you I, have. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, yeah, of course I have. I was thinking it was the Australia trip, but you didn't take one to Australia. You couldn't have because of, no, of that. So it, it must have been something else. It but, had yeah, to have been I, something else. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I could have. Imagine the little backpacks, uh, you know, that you have. Okay, so how does it work with Robin? Is he a dog lover? Has he always been? Did you have to introduce him into this world
0: I, of dogs? I think does he get
1: to sleep in the bed with you, basically. <laughs> does he
0: saying. have a? Does he have his own backpack, Katie? He does. That's what he we is, need to know. He does at this point. Yeah, he does because we actually take the backpacks with us on hikes because the little ones love to go on hikes, but sometimes they can't make it all the way and they get tired, so we put them in the backpacks. <laughs> Sorry. And then it's like weight training. It's really, you know, but no, it's really strange when someone comes into, into your life and they, they either love the dogs or they like them. And they're like, God, I wish they weren't here, but I'm going to put up with them because I want to be with you. Robin loves them. Like it was, I think, you know, very quickly they became his dogs, especially happy. Happy is obsessed with him. I only had happy for like two months when I met Robin. So but they sleep everywhere. They cover him. And we've we've been training them to actually not sleep in the bed, which is great. But if you can see, this is a couch that we've pulled up next to the bed <laughs> and they, it's a bassinet, we, we've lifted basically. them up. We've basically created this crib next to the bed. So they think they're in the bed, but they're not in the bed. So it's baby steps, baby steps. It's so
2: similar to a child. I mean, yeah. the whole thing. Actually, one of one of my best friends, you know, Julie Benz, yeah. right? She has three dogs. She's kind of also, you know, <laughs> Crazy. really loves her dogs. You know? <laughs> she just started a TikTok. It's all her dogs. But oh she God. is. I've said to her, I think it's harder raising a dog than a child. Like,
0: I really do. It's like a perpetual two year old. They never grow up. No, no. And they're so funny because they actually have like little personalities and you know when they're gonna do something and like i mean i mean even vargas right now he's like pulled over my pajamas and like buried himself under them because he likes to sleep on our clothes because he's a little chihuahua and then like i mean it's it's so they're so funny they're so funny they've got the funniest little personalities
1: do you dress them up for halloween
0: so i i used to dress meatball up but not anymore. No. I mean, they all have raincoats because little dogs don't like to go in the rain because the rain actually like, I think it hits the cement and then comes back up in their faces.
1: Oh, so, that's the saddest, that's the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I know.
0: They're always like, like especially happy. It's like <laughs> <laughs> when,
1: when you got that and you
0: like hate the rain. We actually have little raincoats for him, and Happy's is a frog, and it's the cutest thing ever. He looks like a frog. It's got like a little, when you put the hat on him, it's got two eyeballs. So cute.
2: Have you seen that video of where they dress up the little fluffy dog as an Ewok? And, yes. he runs, and he's like, ah, it's like the cutest little thing. I it's totally want cute. I want
0: to see. I want to see the frog raincoat. It's um, it's it's legitimately like the cutest thing ever. And I kind of hope that when I have children, I can find one for my child. because <laughs> They're so cute. <laughs> Maybe American Girl makes like you could
2: convert the doll version and then order the human version. I do have you a know? sewing machine. Like, I'm sure
0: I could figure that out. <laughs>
1: Katie, do you ever uh, trust other people with your dogs or do they go right to the dog hotel? Like what happens when you can't travel with them? If, does that, is that even a possibility?
0: So we have found or years ago when Meatball couldn't travel up to at the end of his life, he had pulmonary hypertension, so he couldn't go up to altitude. It made it too hard for him to breathe. So when I was the last, I don't remember what season of Longmire that was, like third or fourth season, I had to leave him home in LA, which was horrible. And we found this amazing woman who was, we would drop them off at her house and she would babysit them. It's as much as childcare, which is ridiculous. And she would keep them almost. And I would fly home every Saturday morning and then turn around and fly back Sunday, just in case he passed away. I wanted to try and be there and see him as much as possible. So I was flying constantly. But she was amazing, and she still washes them. And my new house is actually only a block away from her, and I kind of feel like maybe I did it on <laughs> Like, I don't think I meant to do it, but the babysitter is now walking distance. Um, so uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting
1: you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Okay. So like you said, you, you didn't grow up with a a dog because there was an emotional thing with your parents, you know? And so when you, if you hear stories of other people who have not previously had a dog, but really want to adopt or rescue, what would your advice be?
0: You know, I think that so many people don't adopt animals, whether it be a dog or a cat, because they feel like they don't have the time. And, the interesting thing is that you make the time because you fall in love with them. And so I think that if, if, if a lot of people say that, I would say, you know, just jump because you will, and be open because you will fall in love with that animal and you will make the time. And you, you there are so many places now when, where you can take your animals with you that, um I don't know, I honestly feel that there's no excuse to not... <laughs> <laughs> have animals in your life, like every time someone comes up with an excuse, I'm like, whatever. You're just not a good person. <laughs> like I completely and not. judge them. Like and they're not Katie. I know. Right. I'm like, there's so many dogs in the world that need adoptions. <laughs> like you're just heartless. Do you completely <laughs>
2: anthropomorphize your dogs and just give them total human characteristics? What are their of personalities? I do. Of
0: course I yeah. do. Like. When I'm feeding them, like, absolutely. So Happy has terrible separation anxiety and he's on doggy Xanax right now. So we're working with a behaviorist, which is different than a trainer. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we're working with the behaviorist because the behaviorist figures out why they do something and then helps you actually fix the behavior. But I think a lot of people, because Happy has been known to bite, which ironically... (laughs) And being named happy. But so she basically has helped us learn how to change him and in, in, in the sense that we now are trying to make him comfortable so he won't bite. But at the same time, we have to realize that it is a risk. And so we are teaching him how to enjoy being in a muzzle. We're treating the muzzle like it's a positive thing. And we're doing positive reinforcement with treats with the muzzle because. We want to be able to have him around and on the floor with a baby and not have to worry that he's going to bite a baby. And so the worst thing would be to punish Happy and remove him from the room when a baby's on the ground because he doesn't know why he's being put in another room. That's not fair to me. So we're treating him that the muzzle's a positive thing. The muzzle's great. And then we won't have to worry about a baby being on the ground with him because I think people think, well, you'll just, you need to just fix the biting. It's like, well, no, I mean, he's biting for a reason. That's part of him. And we just need to figure out solutions to it and try and make him comfortable and, and then not put him in a situation where he's being punished for something he doesn't realize he's doing because he's not a bad dog at all. So that's one thing that we're doing. That's, that's his little personality. And then Vargas is like shaky and like he's like a weird little teenager. Like he just got covered in hives all over his body and we had to take him to the vet because of stress because we move around a lot. And so, you know, we just have to baby him and sort of talk to him at night and I hug him and (laughs) I'm like, it's okay. Life will go back to normal soon. It's
1: fine. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of, do you, do you talk to them a lot? Like, will you have deep conversations with them? Will you like be like on a day where you need to just get something off your chest? Will you just be like, oh my gosh, at work today, so and so?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I talk to them like they're humans all the time, and I don't care what people say to me. I'm I'm not stupid. I know they don't understand me, but like I still do it. <laughs> but, like, um. You know, when I when I'm crying or like I've had a bad day, they do know they can sense that.
2: Absolutely. I feel like you can really see a dog smile, too, like or when they're sad. I mean, I feel like with my dogs, especially when they like escape out of the house and have like a sense of freedom for a minute, they're like running down the street with like these giant smiles on their face so I totally think that you can
0: well especially when and I, I'm i sure you've had this moment when you catch them running away and they do that thing where they pause and you know they know and they slowly keep going away from you and you're like oh my <laughs> god that is a human thing that is a childish human characteristic of like oh I'm caught And I don't want to go back (laughs) in this thing. And I love it. That's it's so funny to me that they they have so many of those little things like the Chihuahua, though. Robin took him to the vet and he was like, I'm so glad you weren't there because you can't go in with them right now because of COVID. And he said Vargas was like had tears in his eyes and like the tears were streaming down his face. And he was so scared. But they do. They show emotion. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we mentioned all three of yours are, are tiny
2: little tiny to medium little dogs. Yeah. Would you consider a larger dog? Are you not really into that as much because they can't sleep on the bed or they would take up too much room? Or <laughs> I, <what do. laughs> it, I wanna I wanna break down your feelings on this. Is there any size that, you know, you don't love as much, maybe or, or...
0: No, no. It purely the size has always just been about travel. You know, the airlines okay. have uh, a weight restriction. It's twenty pounds, and so it was always Are they within 20 pounds and I can fudge it on the airline? But I would absolutely get a bigger dog. I love bigger dogs. So the United
1: States government has dictated the dogs that you've gotten.
0: Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, and I think it started when I was little, I was actually bit by my uncle's dog. And so I there is a part of me that's a little fearful of big dogs sometimes, especially the dog park when I see two big dogs play fighting scares the crap out of me. And then I see my dogs play fighting and people think they're murdering each other. I'm like, they're fine. So I, there is a part of me that that slowly has to get, you know, comfortable with big dogs sometimes. Absolutely. OK, so put in perspective for us your love for dogs.
2: Like How, how big of a fan, how much joy, how much, you know, personal fulfillment do you get on a scale of one to
0: 100 from your dogs? It's massive. I think it's like, I mean, are there other things that I have to take into consideration? Or is this just like, because I would say 100. It's just a passion meter. Okay, it's 100. I mean, if this is like (laughs) a pie wheel we're doing, I would have to sit here. It would take me a lot longer because I would have to add things (laughs) up and I would have to be like, the fiance's in there, too. You don't have (laughs) to. No, no, no. No,
1: no. Fanatics is a math free zone.
0: I have actually been known to turn jobs down if I couldn't. Either bring the dog to set or if the, I think the dogs are in my contract this year, I'm allowed to bring them on this, not on the stage, but you know, on the lot. I have turned down work that was in Australia that I would have to be gone for like six months, where I was like, I don't know, that's a long time, six months away from the dogs and it could turn into more like multiple years. And I was like, oh, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: But they are. It. I mean, it truly sounds like they are your children. And I don't mean that to compare a child to an animal or vice versa. Yeah. But I mean, the love, the fulfillment, the energy and the joy that you put into them is akin to what how, you know, you parent a child. Yeah. So, it's pretty inspiring, Katie. I got to tell you. I'm I'm like <laughs> I'm super impressed and I'm super I'm going to be hitting you up for tips because my dogs are still like very rogue and wild, much <laughs> like my children who are also very untrained. <laughs> well, I'll call so, you
0: for the children tips because maybe you yeah. could just come over and train all of us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I love it
0: but I don't know if I could train them. I'm just very good at finding people that are experts to help me. Because I am hopeless at certain things because I'm such a pushover. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to sit today. That's fine. You can have your treat anyway.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing. With the, you love dogs. And so the fact that how much you love them is what keeps it going. And the yeah. real question is, are they in your Christmas cards?
0: No, but they, we are trying to figure out how to build them into the wedding. Yes, I love it. I know. Keep us
1: posted, please.
0: I love it. Yeah, I love it.
2: Katie, you are totally <laughs> amazing. You're okay. Let's see. Happy and
0: Nelly Bean and Vargas. Vargas. Bar- Everybody forgets Vargas. Vargas because he barks a lot. So they're like, "Did you just say Barkus?" I'm like, "Yeah, fine. It's fine. It works." You're like, "That's that's whatever." <laughs>
2: I love them. I love you. Thank you so much for joining us on Fanatics. Oh my god, Katie, absolutely. <laughs>
1: That is a woman who loves a dog.
2: (laughs) You know what? It's funny. As we've experienced with this show, sometimes guests when, you know, we're saying, you know, you want to talk about something you love, you're fanatical about, you're passionate about. And she's like, I don't really have anything. Well, you just have to kind of like sit with it a few moments because she is truly passionate about dogs and like super, super doggy land. And I love it. I'm into it.
1: Claire, you have dogs.
2: I do have dogs. And you know what? I have two dogs right now, Biscuit and Honey, which are rescues. They are. Well, I was told they were Chihuahuas, but it turns out they're not. They're (laughs) Chihuahua and mostly Jack Russell Terrier. Highly, like probably 10% Chihuahua. So I, I was. Wait, how did you hold on? How did you find that out? Uh, by the way they've grown. <laughs> I have I haven't done doggy DNA or anything like that. Nothing crazy. But I did have a do- I had a German Shepherd growing up and I was allowed to name the German Shepherd and I was 5 when we got this German Shepherd and so I chose to name this fierce dog Karen. <laughs> So my German shepherd, Karen, we were very close and we lived in Ohio. We walked the dog every day. Like she and I really, really grew up together. And my senior year of high school, it was super traumatic. She, you know, as German shepherds do, her hips started to give out and went downhill very suddenly, you know, which I guess in a way is a blessing and had to be, you know, put down. I went to school that day and I was just sobbing, crying, crying the whole day because I was so upset that Karen had passed away. And as happens in high school, a rumor got started that I was pregnant and that's why I was crying. (sighs) (laughs) So, (laughs) Oh my gosh. So many interesting things about that dog, Karen, but she went out with a bag. I'm still just,
1: I'm just still stuck on, I'm still just loving that her name was Karen. I, I, You said the most amazing story and I'm still Karen to me is the best dog name I've ever heard in my life. Karen, the German Shepherd.
2: She was the German. I mean, she was like wonderful. I did my senior like portrait project. She was in my senior pictures. I did my 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 photography project on her, made my boyfriend pose with her like and developed all the this is back when you actually like developed film, developed all the film with her. So I have amazing photos of her. Karen, I love her, Karen. And
1: I'm glad you weren't pregnant.
2: well not that time
1: (laughs) (laughs) well thanks everyone for listening to this most wonderful of podcasts where we've talked about dogs and the love of dogs and all things dogs and we're fanatical about you
2: hey guys and before we sign off just wanted to give you a heads up next week my good friend Doug Benson is coming on the show you guys obviously know Doug from uh, Last Comic Standing uh, funny guy there Also, Doug Loves Movies, great podcast and getting Doug with high. You know, I don't know anything about that for 20-ness, but I'm sure some of you do. Anyway, tune in. He doesn't talk about movies. I know that's kind of crazy. We talk about Broadway musicals and it's a fantastic episode. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics.
1: Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff.
2: Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Colin Baker. Executive producers, Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry.
1: Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song.
2: Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Wait, that's a lot.
1: These dogs have the life they sleep where they want to they eat where they want to man their lives are rough
2: i see what you did there david
1: how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage